Welcome to Real FM Rewind. Here's some highlights from the week. Anson, I was listening to a devotional app this morning. It's called Lectio Divina, and it has prayers and scripture. It's just kind of a way to slow down in the middle of life. It can get a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated this prayer that was shared this morning from Franciscan priest Murray Bodo. It's actually a prayer for someone that's on a pilgrimage. But as I thought about it, I was like, this feels like an appropriate prayer for summer to me, because what is summer? But like, you know, it's a pilgrimage of sorts. You're Mm -hmm. out of your normal routine. Maybe you're going to visit family, you're going on vacation, you're going places. And I really just think this is kind of a a, a good prayer to keep in mind as we go. Mm. I am not in control. I am not in a hurry. Mm -hmm. I walk in faith and hope. I greet everyone with peace. I bring back only what God gives me. consider myself health conscious, rather healthy, but it looks like elephants are getting in more yoga than me. Seven days a week, in fact. Elephants in the Houston Zoo do yoga to help increase their mobility, flexibility, helps their muscles, bones, overall health, and it gives the zookeepers a chance to see the whole body and determine if something's wrong with the elephant, you know, check things out. There's literally a picture of an elephant doing a handstand, and I am both ashamed and motivated to do better. You know, Carol, when you go to the beach, there's one aspect of playing in the ocean that can be kind of fun or distressing uh-huh. depending on your perspective. Sure. And that is you're sharing the water oh. with a lot of other creatures. Yeah. Right? So That's true. maybe you're hanging out, swimming in the waves, and someone rather close to you goes, Look, it's a. Oh, what is yeah. something that you might hear at the end of that sentence? I mean, my worst fear is the uh, it's, a, it's a shark. Right. <laughs> that would definitely be more on the distressing side. Yeah, no thanks. But maybe like a starfish, there a jellyfish, some little minnows. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff you might expect. Maybe even a dolphin. A dolphin. That'd that be would like, be really oh, cool. That'd be cool. A crowd of vacationers in Destin last week kind of had this experience. Uh-huh. But the end of that sentence did not finish the way oh. we were talking about okay. or like you would expect. Someone said, look, it's a... Bear? What? <laughs> in the in the ocean? Yeah. No. There was a baby black bear Aww. that was hanging out in this really crowded area of a Destin beach. Oh my god! It just kind of comes walking up out of the shallows, <laughs> like he just was living with the Little Mermaid somewhere or just something. Just hanging out, you know, and just swimming and playing around in the water like, like everybody else, like you do. Yeah. Wow. Luckily, it was a little bear cub, Aww. so not super threatening. That's good. Or anything like that. I mean, he just wanted to play in the water too. Yeah, but this video. I was going viral of all these people going like, what in the world? That's a, there's a bear <laughs> in the ocean? I, I don't know. I guess yeah. maybe he was on vacation too. Yeah, must have been. You know I have a heart for animals and it makes me so happy to see animals get adopted. And this story is just so magical. There is an A-list magician. I've never heard of him before, but his name is John Stessel. And lately he's been performing magic tricks in front of dogs. Their reactions are filmed. They're so cute. It's a magical way for these adorable dogs to get adopted. And the sweetest thing, John himself is allergic to dogs. He has to take a bunch of medicine before each magic show with the dogs, and he still ends up with hives. His sacrifice and hard work pays off in the end, as these pups get forever homed. So cute! (laughs) 
So Anson, my husband and I are getting ready to make a trip up north where my family lives in Nebraska. Uh, it's a anniversary celebration for my parents. Yeah, yeah, which is very cool. So we're we're having lots of text message chains, you know, making all sorts of preparations for that. Sure. And at the same time, I'm I'm having some text messages with my brother with all the cats. Oh, this is the brother that has like seven cats? Or... Well, now it's like ten. Oh. Because they have kittens. <laughs> oh, that's right. You said they had kittens. <laughs> so there's like these kittens that he continuously sends me videos of. Okay. So secretly, <laughs> I'm like really excited about seeing the kittens. But also, y'all, I'm going to need your prayers. Because <laughs> if I go see these cuddly little kittens... Uh-huh. It's it's gonna be really hard right, not like, to come home with what one. What are the odds? I mean, that you can escape there without a little cat. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's gonna be dangerous, but I gotta be strong, y'all. Okay, right. I don't think I have room for anymore in my house. I don't think my cat would appreciate it having a sibling. But they're so fluffy. We'll be lifting you up okay. in prayer, Kara. Thank you. Stay strong. <laughs> Doing what you love is a special thing. Now imagine doing that thing for 95 years. Now imagine it's lobstering. You know, fishing for lobsters? There is an iconic woman in Maine who is 103 years old and is celebrating her 95th anniversary of lobstering, and she is so excited to keep on doing it. In fact, she's got some cute bejeweled earrings of lobsters to celebrate the occasion. I've been making movies since I was 12, that's probably one of my favorite hobbies, so to celebrate 95 years of making movies, I'd have to live to be 107 and still be making movies. Woo! My earrings at that point to celebrate would probably be a film clapper and a film reel or something like that. It's nice to have hobbies which make great anniversary earrings. We live in pretty divided, hostile times. Mm, That's the truth. And sometimes because of that, I think I'm tempted to think that sharing my faith with others comes down to like winning an argument, Mm, right? Like I know the truth, but in order to be able to convince someone else that I'm right, Mm. I have to fight with them right? right. and I have to win. (laughs) Oh yeah. But Blaise Pascal, a philosopher once said essentially that in order to attract others to faith in Jesus, we must first show that Christianity is desirable. Ooh. Make people wish the gospel were true, he says, and then show that it is. Yeah. Gavin Ortland points out that while the message Jesus died for your sins is true and it's important, calling people sinners straight away doesn't necessarily make them desirous of Jesus. (laughs) Go figure, right? Right. And in our age of disenchantment and depression, we need to identify God himself as the answer to that modern despair. Right? Like God is the only ultimate source of rest and fulfillment. Mm. God is to modern despair what food is to hunger. Yeah. And that is why forgiveness of sins is such good news, Mm. right? It brings us into fellowship with God Himself. Mm. And in the gospel, all that the human heart longs for with respect to love and justice and pretty much everything else Mm. has glorious meaning and fulfillment. Mm. So in the gospel, we have the message for which modern hearts ache. We have the food for which the world is perishing with hunger. Hmm. But as Pascal said, first, we must make people wish that were true mm. and then show them that it is. Wow. Have you ever 
wondered what perfume smelled like when Jesus was around? Okay, maybe you haven't wondered that, but if you did, you may be excited to learn that scientists have uncovered a very well-preserved 2,000-year-old jar of perfume from Rome. I don't think that this should come as a shock to anyone, but one of the main ingredients was olive oil. Seems pretty self-explanatory, but yeah, there are now some people, these scientists, who have smelled perfume from Jesus' time. And I imagine it doesn't smell like a bed bath and beyond. It's summertime, the season for vacations and for some people, camping. My husband and I have gotten into camping in the last few years. Yeah. And I say camping uh-huh. with quotes because it's more like glamping. Ah. Uh. Because real people who are like hardcore campers. Yes. They're intense, y'all. <laughs> like, and if you are one of those, literally, more, right? More power. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally intense. Ha! <laughs> you didn't mean to do that. Yes, literally, you are in a tent and you are an intense person. I'm so I, I admire you, but I cannot <laughs> be that, for you. that kind of camper. And I ran across a really funny, like, satirical piece today by Emily King that I just had to share. Yes. About said person. Okay. It's titled, You're Going to Love Camping, According to Me, Your Outdoorsy Friend. Aha. Aha. Okay. <laughs> it starts out this way. You're going to love camping. Trust me. It's awesome. The multi-mile hike to the campsite is super rewarding. <laughs> Carrying your clothes, shelter, water, and food on your back uh-huh. is an incredible way to connect with your body. Yeah. Don't worry about slowing us down. If you can't keep up, it's not a problem because the group doesn't wait for stragglers. <laughs> we'll check in on you, though, and you'll just let us know that you're okay by continuously yelling, no, really, I'm okay, (laughs) while gasping for air. Sounds about right. Building shelter with the rest of the group is super fulfilling. It's like one big group project where everyone is expected to have the skill set of a mechanical engineer and the dexterity of a Cirque du Soleil acrobat (sighs) as we orient a giant pane of polyester across a tangled web of bendy metal poles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's surprisingly cozy spending hours in a synthetic triangle while your usual shelter, which costs thousands and comes with Wi-Fi, television, and access to modern plumbing, sits vacant. Who needs that junk anyway? (laughs) You won't even miss it. Y'all, so true. I will stick to glamping. Thank you very much. I am so bad with cars. I'm sorry, I know I should be better, I should be a responsible adult, but cars are just one of those things I'm not naturally interested in and it's hard keeping up with all this stuff. Maybe you can relate, but this is one of the reasons why I really appreciate my dad. Earlier this week, I was driving up to the radio station and I noticed something seems off. I knew the air pressure in my tires was bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. So I pull over at a gas station where there's a free air pump and I was appalled that they don't have pressure meters on the air pumps. That just seems ridiculous to me, but anyway, I'm trying to fill up my tires, not sure what I'm doing. I'm getting really frustrated and choking up and I don't know what to do. So what do you do? I call my dad. I think that's what anyone does in this situation. We call our dads. And he was very comforting, very helpful. I sent him pictures of my tires. He told me I was good to go to work, but that I needed to head straight home afterwards to get my air properly filled in my tires at his garage. So all that to say, I would be so lost without my dad. Thanks for listening to the Real FM Rewind. 
Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind. <laughs>